Welcome to the News Grubs podcast, a new and refreshing news format presented by the one and only Scotto, AP and The Fish. Hi everyone, welcome to the News Grubs, the podcast for the thinking impaired. Joining me as usual are Fishy and AP. Hi guys. Hey. Thinking impaired, really? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Oh, geez. All right. Hello. Just thought I'd try that one for this week. Yeah, different. different. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, this week we're looking at uh, Kim Kardashian's new jet. Looking forward to looking uh, in and around that. Uh, how do you swallow a glass and what are the consequences? Can't begin to imagine. Why you should never stay in a hotel uh, above the fourth floor. I already know the answer to that. But let's start this week with another Elon Musk story. Fishy, what's the go this week? Oh, Elon just doesn't stop with stories. I mean, we could just do Elon's stories, but we won't. <laughs> it's, he's, he's, the, he's the guy that just gives, 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 isn't he? Yeah, apparently. What's this and, week? Uh, well, he's recently countered uh, a threat from Russia to drop the International Space Station oh, from orbit, yep. uh, saying uh, SpaceX will step in before that happens. I... Um on this particular occasion, I'm not entirely convinced he'd be able to do that. If, if suddenly the Ruskies, uh, if uh, Vlad went, nah, bugger it, uh, and drop it, I don't see that he's going to be able to get his little uh, equipment up there and save there. the day in the nick of time. Yeah, yeah. he's already got an artist's impression of uh, one of his... Oh, well, that's different. ...attached to the ISS, so he's got it all worked. He's sketched it already. Oh, well, yeah. oh, oh if he's sketched do, it, that's do different. Think, do you think these guys, some of these you know, massive billionaires, you know, the top, top five in the world, top ten in the world, does Messiah Complex spring to mind? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely springs to mind. Yeah. Oh, the world's doomed. Oh, no. I can... Especially when you're sketching the outcome. <laughs> oh, well, in fairness, he wouldn't have done that. I mean, he would have had somebody do that. I'm looking at the picture here. Is it a good picture? Not really. I'm trying to work out which is his bit and which is the other bit. Oh, look, okay. for the knob. look for the knob-shaped thing on the ISS. Well, it's, well what's the yellowy bit? He's... I don't know. That's his thing that he's Ooh. sending up to save it. So the story is basically because the West is um, unhappy with Russia because they've um, well invaded part of uh, the Ukraine, uh, yes. dropping sanctions and everything. The uh, Russian space agency uh, has said, um, "Well, you know, if you don't uh, be a bit nicer to us um, and cooperate with us, who will save the ISS from an uncontrolled deorbit and fall into the United States or Europe?" Correct, because uh, the Russians are integral in uh, the ISS uh, project and uh, the rest of the world need them to at least participate for a short period of time to deorbit the ISS and if we and if they don't cooperate as you correctly mentioned it's just going to drop into Europe or the United States probably damaging a lot of property. You would think so. Now, we covered this uh, last week or the week before of how, when it's going to drop, and it's, what is it, 2030 or something or other, or 2032, they're going to um, drop it? That's right. Something like that. So, um, there's a bit of time left. A little how's bit of the time, arrogance, uh, In the article, uh, how's the arrogance of the uh, Russian spoke, I have head of the Ros, was it Roscoe Cosmos or whatever it is, yes. uh, saying, oh, it's the, the flight path's not over Russia, so it's not our problem if it drops out of the sky. Fair call. How arrogant is that? Well, it's pretty fair yeah, call, though. Right. Oh, yeah, but I'm not impressed with that at all. Oh, okay, sorry. Now, well, you know my stance from other... Other from, things. Uh, other media that we've spoken about. You know my stance on Russia. Oh, well, it's not good at the moment, to be honest. 
and uh, yeah, for them to say that it's in, it might, it's going to drop on India or you know uh, the Asian continent and everything, and it's their it's their problem. And oh, do you want that? Do you really want that to happen? In well, any continue sanctions, it was we're, we're going to let it drop. It's a bit weak. Oh. I mean, it's a bit it's a bit of a weak act to sort of uh, sort of shrug it off that way. Uh, it's sort of an idle threat in a way. Like we're not going to do anything about it, and if it drops out of the sky and lands in the USA, we're tough. I reckon but, Musk should not only go up there and save the bloody thing, I should change the trajectory so it does go over China and then tell them, yeah, if you guys don't pull your finger out and stop making these stupid threats about it dropping on Asia and you don't care because it doesn't fly over Russia, check the, check I'll the take, trajectory I'll take again, a, mate. I'll take a paint in up there and just paint on it. Oops. <laughs> well, definitely paint out the, because imagine, I imagine up there, the uh, you know, being a collaborative effort from 15 different countries, I imagine they've got all the... Uh, the different insignias of the different uh, contributing nations. If Musk goes up there, he'll bring a tin of paint or a right, uh, fishy and paint over the Russian one. Fuck them. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's very oh, important. Bad language on news groups. No, well, that, that's fair. Uh, NASA has said, and, and this is all sort of all part of this, is because the uh, Americans uh, and the rest of the world are going to sanction the uh, Russians for mm. computer chips and stuff like that. All the necessary things to basically um, cripple their um, their space uh, exploration and space activities. Mm. So on one hand, you've got to, to you know, ask yourself, though, that is that really something that you should do, given that it is an international thing? I'm just playing devil, devil's advocate. Yeah. Or, 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 or do we just say to them, nah, you bastards, uh, we're going to chop everything off and, yeah. um, and you'll still do the right thing and, and keep it up there. So on one hand you got that, uh, and then the Russians are going. Oh well, if you you know we can't uh, keep our end of the bargain up because you won't supply us the bits and pieces, That's it. then it's uh, what are we going to do? So you know I'm I'm looking at it from both sides. You remember when the ISS basically started construction? Mm, yes. Remember how everyone was excited? All the countries were using space shuttle flights. So remember Ca- Canada oh, had yeah. that uh, big uh, arm bolted onto the uh, space shuttle that yeah. lifted a, a fairly major component for the International Space Station and everyone was proud to be part of it. It's been up there 23 years. Wow. That's a long time. It's supposed nearly, to last for a long time, but no. But nearly a quarter of a century and I think what's happened in the 23 years, I think people have become bored with it. Countries which who have contributed to it have become bored and probably financially crippled by it and have thought oh, this year we can't afford to put too much into the ISS so let's just because we need it for our own uh, our economy let's just save a little bit of money this year and not spend too much money bugger the that's ISS think, yeah that's what I think happens well, NASA's saying that they're going to continue working with international uh, their international partners including the state space corporation Roscosmos for the ongoing safe operations of the ISS uh, and the new export control measures will continue to allow Russia and US civil space cooperation. No changes are planned for the agency support on the ongoing orbit uh, or, or ground stations of the ISS. So, um, but it doesn't matter because our mate Elon, he's going to sort it. Just like that. Now, guys, Kim Kardashian, we all know who she is. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, let's face it, you can't miss her, frankly, can you? No. Space. You can see her from space. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> from the International Space Station, probably from Mars, for that matter. Anyway, she has bought a new jet. I know. Kim Air. 
Now, it turns out she's spent $207 million on her customised private jet, but it turns out it's actually only a, a G6 650ER. Um, yeah, isn't, nice. that a, isn't that a lot of money for one of those? Well, this is the thing. They're saying here that the brand new jet, oh, the, the jet cost 100 Oh, I see. It's Australian dollars. That, that makes all the difference. $130 million Australian dollars. So it's only about, I don't know, $28.95 American. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and, of course, when you buy one of those uh, jets, you have to actually fill out the interior. Although the, when, when you're buying a Gulfstream, you don't technically – you can have a, a, a specific – uh, layout. Well, clearly she's decided to customise her a little bit, or her plane a little bit. I assume mm. by making the, um, well, the seats much wider, I would think. That's a necessity. Yeah, and, and that's probably where all the, um, the the extra cash has gone to. Uh, all the engineering costs. Would exactly. That. exactly. And there would have been also, they would have had to have uh, widened the entry door. I would imagine they would have. As well. I would imagine they would have. So it's, all, it's, it's ended up costing her $267 million Australian dollars. So, oh, sorry, $207 million Australian dollars. I've noticed that uh, the decor isn't what you'd expect, uh, let's say, if Kanye West and Kim were still an item, because Kanye's a rapper and he's into all that glitzy crap. Oh, it would have all been gold. Everything would have been yeah, gold. Seats yeah. gold. Yeah, exactly. Do you reckon now, that, do you reckon now, now she's got one, he's going to have to compete? Oh. Going to go and get his own, and it will be, won't it, dripping in gold, and the seats will have gold necklaces. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you would um, you would expect it to, um, the, the gold carpet, gold everything, and, and, and yeah, big the flashy sort of like, stuff. Yeah, the baseball cap at an angle, a funny angle. Oh, for sure. Headrest. For sure. And, i got to say, uh, though, to me it, it looks like a fairly standard uh, uh, Gulfstream interior. It does, doesn't it? I, I think... The the level of customization I think is minimal. Yeah. that's been done to it. That's been done to it. I um, <clears throat> yeah, I think look typical Kardashian style PR announcements. You know, they, they make it sound like it's really important, but as you correctly said, it's probably mainly all off the shelf stuff. A few little extra items like widen the seats for her wide back side. Yeah, okay, yeah, you'd have to do. That's that. maybe a couple of hundred grand. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and because in an aircraft, don't they have to be very careful uh, in balancing out weight distribution? Well, they certainly do, and isn't that going to be an issue when she's on the plane? <laughs> wow. Yeah, so when when, it, when it's got her on board, it'll be level. <laughs> and when it's just burying back, it's going to be like a lopsided, you know. She'd have to have a permanent seat. Oh, you'd she, imagine she, she would. She couldn't move from one seat to the next because they'd throw the weight distribution out. Well, she she'd get out of the plane. And they'd go, oh, all right, fellas, move in the ballast. A <laughs> <laughs> couple of slabs of concrete. Yeah. Well, I, like yeah, I was going to say something there, but I won't. Uh, 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 Kardashian um, on Kim era uh, ensures that her passengers are gifted with slippers and pyjamas from her billion-dollar shapewear line, Skims. She's, she's not running an airline. It's oh. just her private uh, transportation system. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, hers and everyone else. I mean, even Jeff Bezos has got one of these, uh, you know, yeah. a, a G650. It is the ER version, so it does mean that it can probably fly from Sydney to Los Angeles uh, in one go, and that's important. Is that extended range? Yes, yes. Have you uh, seen the uh, picture in the article of her wearing a rubber outfit? Yeah, no, I was wondering about what that was. Yes. It looks like PVC. Right down to gloves and everything. Down to the gloves. It looks like she's doing the washing. It, do, it does. What a... What a 
I mean, I don't know whether she's, she's got a stylist or not, or whether she's, she's a bizarre. rain stylist, but that, that is a, a very odd looking, it looks like an overgrown raincoat that oh, I used well, to wear as a two, uh, eight-year-old. Explanation there, someone said, oh, what was happening? And she said, oh, very sorry, I was catching down my new uh, golf stream, and I realised it was time to go to this award ceremony. Ah, oh, that makes sense. But it's boys, isn't it just excessive? Isn't it really? What, to have your own jet? Yes. Oh, no, I'd have one in a gig a second if I could. If I had a spare 207 really? million bucks, uh, I'd be off down to the Gulfstream shop and go, yeah, I'll have one of those, but I don't want it in the Kardashian style. And then Scotto would have the spa bar and uh, the little um, seatbelt for his cousin's soap. Absolutely. And he'd call Simon. Tahiti uh, looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he'd have it. That's most of the reason he'd have it. Oh, so I could just now, go to Tahiti. You couldn't deny the convenience, but don't forget wherever you go, it has to have a runway. Oh, yeah, but that's the good thing about uh, little golf streams. They can land on very, very short runways. So, you know, it's the plane to have. You don't want to be like your Russian billionaires that um, have got uh, 767s and 777s and that sort of stuff. Of course, they can't fly them anywhere at the moment. Yeah, they're going to be denied. Denied uh, access to go everywhere. Anywhere. Everywhere but um, Russia. Yes. And, well, that's probably not a bad thing anyway. Now, I like a good cup of tea as much as the next man. Me too. What uh, flavour? Uh, oh, just, oh, look, English breakfast or just oh, Black normal tea. tea. Black tea Black is the word we use. Uh, Peppermint yeah. tea for me. Oh, yeah, God, awful stuff. I don't go fancy flavours and things like that. But uh, I have never had a cup of tea and accidentally swallowed the vessel containing it. Have right. You? Uh, uh, let me just think about that for a second. Uh, <laughs> no. How long do you need? And then, but uh, there is a chappie uh, who was uh, in India who has been found with a glass which looks suspiciously like a spirits tumbler. Does in, does to me, yes. Uh, in his rectum. So there's an X-ray photo of it with the pelvis apparent uh, all around it, and he maintains that he swallowed it. Hang on. Yeah. Uh-huh. Glass. I've seen the picture now. Yeah. Yes. You don't drink tea out of that. Well, that's true. Oh, so his story's already falling apart. Well, well maybe it's an Indian thing. We don't know that for certain. I think we have to give him the benefit of the doubt at this stage. He could. He could be Swahili. You don't drink tea out of that. And <laughs> and uh, he. Uh, I must get onto a Swahili and, and confirm that for you. But the uh, he maintains he swallowed it, which means it's gone down his esophagus. Like now, you swallow a shot glass and see how well that goes. That's for not you. going to go well for you. You could choke on a coin. Yes, that's yeah. Um, you know, a, a wine cork. I think that would be easily, easily life threatening. Um, now he's got a glass tumbler that he reckons has gone uh, down his esophagus, uh, into his stomach, uh, through all of his small intestine, and I think we've got about 15, 18 meters of it, haven't we? In yeah, there? something like that. Something hell, like hell of a way. And all the way down into his ass, and he's telling us that after all of that absolutely uh, phenomenal um, superhuman effort, he can't crap it back out at the end of it. Uh, every other orifice of his body seems to be able to swell to six times the medically proven size. And he's got <laughs> he's got one in his rectum. I reckon I'm going to put it to you, gentlemen, straight away and yes. open it for debate that he yes. I don't think you have the to. sun doesn't shine where a camera went recently for me. And um, he's doesn't used a uh, colonoscopy camera. He's used a whiskey tumbler. Over to you. Uh, look, I've got to say, I'm uh, I'm suspicious of the uh, story that uh, our man has suspicious. claimed. Suspicious. I'm a little bit suspicious, to be honest. Uh, what I'm what I'm 
fascinated, though, is how did it get there? Now, if it got there in the typical sort of way that we would expect it to, you know, he was just accidentally, he was walking along and accidentally um, tripped on a shoelace and fell on the glass backwards and it went right up the clacker. (laughs) Oh, and his clothes fell off prior to that. Yeah, well, that's possibly true, yes. (laughs) That's the way. But... um, I, I, the question I have is, um, an APU quite rightly pointed out, had to go down his esophagus through the stomach, through the little intestine, the big intestine, and then mm. couldn't make it out of the clacker, but yet he's managed to get it in the clacker in the first place. Yes. Now, so that, that thing, leads me to uh, question the entire concept of the story. Yeah, well, the other uh, thing that, uh, that doesn't uh, ring true, it doesn't, doesn't pass muster. Yes, like. pass the pub he test. Did, he didn't go to the hospital because he, he had any problems like, you know, swallowing no. or a bit of indigestion. No, no. Lasting in his stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, he went there with, um, with uh, constipation. I wonder why, because the bloody <laughs> thing stuck up there and wouldn't let anything else out. That's it. Now, look, I, I, I appreciate uh, <clears throat> you trying to introduce another alternative, Scott, by, you know, suggesting another angle to this. Right, yes. But let's get real for a second. Okay. Uh, AP, with painstaking detail, went through the anatomical journey that this glass had to travel if it had been swallowed. Yes. And really, there's a lot of impossibilities that he highlighted. Yes. And the more likely scenario is that someone or this gentleman stuck the tumbler up his backside. Or accidentally fell on it. Well, I don't, you could accidentally fall on it, but he would have had to have been naked for that to have happened. Oh, uh, maybe, you know, he might be poor, perhaps, and um, clothing uh, is not what it once was. And um, I mean, there's any number of explanations for that, or maybe he was just a naturist. We've, we've done stories in the past in other shows and so forth mm-hmm. where people experiment by putting things up their backside. And not only their backside, frankly, as I read here, about a six-foot bit of nylon string yeah. stuck in a certain other place during an unsuccessful hot, sex hot game. Wheel, hot Wheels, cars, uh, all sorts of... Toys, gerbils, gerbils, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So, so moving to the medical remedy. Oh uh, right, yes. Story. Doctors tried to remove the glass from the rectum. Mm-hmm. One of the best words in the English language. It's frankly, a great word. With an endoscopic procedure, in other words, a dirty big pair of uh, pliers and a uh, some sort of expansion uh, tool. Yep. Uh, had no such luck. They had no choice but to operate on the man. And there's a picture of a broken glass with poo all over it. <laughs> In the article, which will put most people off their afternoon tea, I'm afraid. Yes, I haven't long eaten. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, and I like the way that there's the little broken bits on the side of the glass. Mm. The, you know, it's basically intact. The, the top's a bit how you're going, but there's a couple of little f- broken bits. As well. I guess I that's feel uncomfortable watching that. <laughs> I think I think those broken pieces there are from the failed endoscopic procedure, where they've tried to grab it. And mm. pieces of glass have been broken off it. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's a lawsuit. To cut, to cut the man. There's a lawsuit. Uh, yeah, well, the doctors have uh, admitted that they don't quite um, understand how the uh, glass got inside the body of the patient. In fact, it is still a mystery. Oh, they're just being kind about it's it. No they mystery. know how it got there. Which yeah. like a rat up a drain pipe. Now, guys, 
I'm a bit of a traveller. I've done a bit of travelling over my uh, life, as uh, all of you have. Well, right, a lot, fair enough. Uh, and I stay. I have stayed in a variety of hotels around the world, from little one-story walk-ups to, uh, I think, in Shanghai, I stayed on about the ninety-eighth floor wow. um, in uh, Pudong, uh, which was very, very pleasant. Of course, it was snowing and I couldn't see anything, but that's not the point. Normally, it would have been a lovely, lovely view. However, one thing that I have learned is that you should really, if you're staying in a high-rise hotel or a hotel with multiple floors, is stay on the fourth floor. Don't ever go above the fourth floor. Um, Any idea why? You, you, well, first of all, mm-hmm. I <clears throat> would have impulsively said, you go to a high floor for the view, right? And that's true. That why go true. on a low floor? What are you going to see? You're going to see other buildings directly in front of you. That's I've true. I've always terrible. high floor. Because it's quieter. I must admit, I always take the high floor as well. But a travel security expert has shared his belief, and it's a very logical one, that you should only stay on the fourth floor because primarily that's as high as fire engine or fire department ladders can get to so that if the building's on fire, i.e. the towering inferno, um, the ladder can get up, punch a hole in your window, you can climb down the ladder, you're safe as a house. Hang on, I've seen Superman, right, where... where, uh uh, no, not Superman, the other one. I was going to uh, say, because I'm pretty so, sure that was a movie. Yeah, no, no I've seen uh, no, another movie. Right, okay. <laughs> I've seen uh, uh, Dirty Harry. Right. Where he uh, goes up a fire brigade ladder to save a guy who wants to commit suicide. Only on a four-storey building, or the roof you of sure a four-storey four building. Story? Four-storey? Four-storey uh, roof. In fact, I don't even know it was that big. Okay. No, most of them only go to four, four storeys. And he punches him out and brings him back down. That's yes, thank, thanks for the um, dissertation of the uh, synopsis of the movie. Um, I said anyone's interested. And how, how did the movie end, uh, AP? <laughs> we haven't got time for me to take you through the whole thing. I could. No, it'll be worth it. Uh, uh, but I, it, I, I mean, it must be a uh, just a uh, cinematography uh, thing, but it looked much higher than that. Okay, all right. We're going up there for a long time or whatever. But I believe you. For, for fire, uh, la- fire ladders only go above. Go to third. about the fourth floor. Right, give or take. Lloyd Fliggins, sorry, Figgins, I should say, a travel uh, risk expert who used to be a soldier, and I think that's vitally important to the story, reckons you should only stay between the second and the fourth floor because of the fire. Uh, but more importantly, what you should do when you go to a uh, hotel, and I, I'm one of the few people that does do it, I imagine, is when I get out of the lift, I find the fire exit, I, I, I will go to my room, I'll look at the little fire evacuation notice on the back of the door, uh, and I will then go back out into the hallway, determine where the fire exit is, and count how many doors it is to the fire exit so I know where to go in the event of a fire. And I reckon there'll be bugger all people that do that. Wow. Um, now, most Isn't of the time in a fire, you know, you've got plenty of time, but just in case, I've seen the Towering Inferno. That all, the whole building burnt to the ground in little, little more than three hours. Uh, little, not little, then. I was going to say, um, uh, another reason for getting a, a low floor or uh, a hotel suite in, mm-hmm. on a low floor is robberies. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm suspicious to of a that point, one. To a point. Yeah. I, if, you get, if you go too low, you, there's a chance you'll get robbed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant, you know. See, I, I still maintain that uh, because I've also seen To Catch a Thief, 
um, the magnificent uh, Alfred, Hodgkin, Alfred Hitchcock movie, where uh, as opposed to Alfred Hodgkins, yeah, that's the one where uh, the cat burglar there was able to crawl up over the tops of buildings so they could climb up two or three stories uh, and uh, get into your room uh, and rob you there. So I think you um, fourth floor minimum. It to be safe from, from fire, uh, 95th floor for safety from um, uh, robbery, I would think. Good have advice. Have ever had a problem with security in a hotel room? Because I, I have to say, I mean, I, I mainly stay uh, in Sydney, uh-huh. uh, travels, occasionally Brisbane, uh, mainly within Australia. And I have to say, I've never had a problem with hotel security as far as leaving stuff in rooms, things like that. Have you? Um, no, but I've heard, you know, horror stories about it um, from uh, travel, you know, people writing letters to travel publications where um, they've been broken into. I don't, I don't recall I've ever had a, an you've incident. Ne- you've nearly been uh, <clears throat> uh, hit by someone. Oh, yeah, that's different. That was standing outside the Peabody Hotel in um, Memphis, Tennessee, um, quietly minding my own business, having a cigarette when uh, a girl decided that she didn't like to um, well, face the rest of the world, so she leapt off the 16th floor uh, roof of the building and plummeted and landed, uh, well, sufficiently close to me to splatter blood on my person, which scared the bejesus out of me, I've got to say. No, she, wasn't, she wasn't taking care she, on the 16th floor. She wasn't taking care against fire was she oh uh, no no zero fire it's it the uh, last thing on her mind mate yeah i'm gonna say it was the last thing on her mind but um uh, i was gonna throw something in there but now i can't remember what it was oh, don't you hate that but so there anyways the advice try to um stay on the fourth floor and uh, um uh. and that way you'll be safe but mind you if you if you know where the fire exits are and or most modern buildings have you know, reasonable fire exits. It's not like in the towering inferno where the concrete um, barrow has been and closed the door off. They do tend to check those sort of things. And, oh, yeah. I mean, it didn't I, do a great deal of good in the World Trade Centre, but that was a slightly different issue there. Mm. Um, so, um, anyway. There you go. Hmm. Well, that's it for this week uh, on the News Grubs. It's a little short uh, um, short one for us this week. Um, join us next time for uh, stories all around the world that will, um, will tickle your imagination give you something to think about and uh, feel uh, free to subscribe to our podcast. Keep your eye out on our Facebook and um, uh, Twitter feeds. Uh, and of course you can get uh, the news grub podcast on all your favorite podcast locations. We'll see you all uh, again very, very soon. I'll say goodbye to the boys this week because they're unhappy. I didn't say goodbye last week. Goodbye, gentlemen. Bye. See you, Scotto. That made all the difference, didn't it? See you all again next week for the news grub. Thanks for listening to the News Grubs. We'll be back next week.